Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Greetings, this is your host, Kurt Sumner, for the NSPS series, Surveyor Says. Thank you for joining us today. My guest today is Joe Finical, who has actually recorded things with me before. Uh, back when we were doing the radio show, Joe was doing a different thing than he's doing now, but uh, in, in January of 2019, he was on the show, and we talked about some of his experiences, and way back in April of 2017, we talked about uh, James Riley surveyors, something he was involved in or working with at the time. So this is just an extension, Joe, of uh, our previous con- our conversations, uh, just in a little different circumstance this time because of you uh, taking on uh, a new project, so to speak, at the University of Akron. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Kurt. It is uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I, I don't stay very bored. I can tell you that there there's a lot going on. I, I kind of forgot about Riley until you mentioned that. That was a that was a really cool topic back in Northwest Ohio. But uh, yeah, since then we have relocated within the last few months and we we've switched from the public land survey system to the Connecticut Western Reserve now. So I have a lot to learn here where we're living now, but the the history here is amazing. And uh, I, I think it's just uh, sparking my some of my research efforts here into the future. But no, it's a great pleasure to be here, and thank you very much. Now, did did you already have a, a license in Ohio before you went? And if not, are you planning to get the license there and and still keep any kind of practice going? I, that might not be possible with all the things you need to do. But yeah, no, I I actually got licensed in Ohio first. I'm actually an alumni of Akron here. I graduated in May of 2000, so I I got my license in Ohio first, and then a couple of years later got licensed in Michigan. So yeah, my my private business is still in Michigan. I got to figure that out, but uh, I'm I'm going to continue to do my nationwide speaking engagements, and uh, eventually I'll probably transfer over my LLC here into Ohio during the summer months and some of the time off. I do have three young boys, so they're tall enough. They can start holding the rod at this point. <laughs> yeah. Th- as a matter of fact, I was going to ask you about the speaking engagements because that I know that was a pretty heavy schedule for you for a while, at least. Yeah, it was, it was getting pretty wild. I, well, that's, that's when uh, you and I met out in Oregon. Right. And that, that's when I got in trouble for saying Oregon, if you remember. <laughs> yes. Uh, they, 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 they had to correct me and, mid-seminar but uh oh yeah Oregon was great uh, I was in uh, Martinsburg West Virginia last summer and and we'll hit on that here in a little bit but that that was an uh, amazing uh presentation for the it was called the Eastern Panhandle chapter of the West Virginia Society but but just a great group group of surveyors there uh and then I'm going out to Kansas in a few months here in January for that uh Selena seminar series and and I'm 
it, it's a uh, it's pretty humbling to be there. I mean, that's that's where uh, Penry talks and, and Kent and Seymour. A uh, lot of Milt Denny was there. A lot, lot of great surveyors. So, so I'm definitely humbled to be invited to to be their featured speaker. But got a got a lot of great material. It's going to be three days worth of stuff. So I got to keep my voice up and stay healthy for sure. Yeah, they've they've cleaned up their show a little bit. There were a few years where they had me out there, and then they oh. decided they really needed uh, good speakers. So I haven't been for quite a while. But uh, but seriously, I, I always enjoyed going to that that particular series they're, they're a great group out there and, and yeah i can't wait I'm, I'm really excited my wife's gonna tag along again and you know we'll make a little vacation out of it so it'll be nice i don't know how kansas is going to be in january but we're we're excited sure and it's a really good really nice facility they have there yeah yeah uh, it, it's really big nice. rooms you can you know they can accommodate a lot of people and so it's, yeah. it's a re really really good setup you'll, you'll enjoy it a lot i'm sure you yeah will. and we're keeping it going you know it's it's going to be live in person at this point and you know we're we're very optimistic we're going to follow all the guidelines and keep it going and i'm i'm getting pretty used to teaching in a mask right now so that'll be commonplace anyway yeah just as you're making that transition just getting adjusted yeah you may get to the point where you think you you can't be an instructor without a mask. Well, I think it, you, you definitely have to elevate your tone in your voice. Uh, so, yeah, when the mask comes off, I'm probably going to be screaming at people. <laughs> They'll probably be like, what's wrong with this guy? But uh, no, we're, we're, we're adjusting. You know, you kind of just deal with it here at the university and it's, you know, it's going to go away at some point. So we, we follow the guidelines and we're just fortunate for our health and the students and just trying to keep everybody healthy right now. Right. Are your your classrooms are set up uh, in a in a manner where you can have your full group at any given class? Yeah, we so we have to follow the guidelines, of course, by CDC and in, in Summit County here in Ohio. But, but yeah, we spaced all our desks out for the social distancing, um, spread everything out. We had to split some labs. You know, they, they were just too big. So it, it put a little more load hours on us. Because instead of teaching one big lab, we broke it into two to space it. But then we are recording our our lectures online, so so it's a hybrid approach. But uh, the the rest of the classes are in person, and it's going really well. I mean, uh, great great feedback so far from the students. Um, they they love the in person, and and like you and I talked offline a little bit. It's it's uh it's that give and take you know the students have a lot to offer and i try to bring that into the classroom so we can incorporate that but it's uh makes for a more dynamic setting and and they like that they they like the stories kurt they they like the war stories of real surveying they they don't want to just hear me lecture out of the book they, they they love it when i get off topic and telling them about getting chased by a dog and having poison ivy so bad i got to go to the hospital or you know stuff like that that's what they like <laughs> yeah things they need to know because they will encounter right <laughs> you bet they will yeah i mean they they got to talk themselves out of some situations so but but you know no for real i mean that that's why i push so hard for the in-person and is you know i'm not saying we don't have complications from the pandemic here but we're we're trying to stay with it and give them give the students the best education we can by all means yeah, that I was going to ask you, and you you kind of covered that already. That transition from the uh, private sector, so to speak, into academia. Anytime we make a transition, whether it's private sector to public service or to academia or whatever, there's always 
some level of adjustment. But one of the things that, that I've been really pleased about in our educational system overall is how many people that are in that same category you're in where they have the, the credentials and the capabilities to be instructors, but they do it from the perspective of somebody who's actually doing and has done the work. Um, I, I think that's a, that's a pretty big deal, for, especially for us in surveying. Yeah, it's, it's a, uh, I'm, I'm incredibly humbled to be here. I mean, it is, yeah, so, so I, I was in private for 10 years out of, out of Toledo. And, and I worked for Dave and Jim Andrus and, and Jim, Jim unfortunately passed away from complications from COVID uh, recently, but uh, very fortunate to, to spend time in the public or the private sector and, and then go public. So, so I was, I was in the public sector for the last 15 years. And then I was also teaching adjunct at that same time. So, so I kind of had my foot in the door in, in education and, and it was always my goal to pursue that full time. So it's it's pretty awesome to be here. It really is. I mean, I think I have a lot to offer, a lot of good experiences, and in, in some of these classes I've I've done since since 2000, going back to Owens Community College and University of Toledo. So it's 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 cool. I mean, there's new material, of course, and the the technology is constantly changing. Uh, I did a really cool drone class this semester on manned aerial mapping and just the technology is phenomenal and, and the students love it they absolutely love it so it's it is uh yeah it's it's, it's humbling to be here i mean uh we, we had a professor retire and i came in to replace him and gary Schuler's still here he's been here for 21 years gary actually started full-time as i was graduating here in uh, 99 2000 so I never had him as a professor, but we we knew each other and we had overlap. So a great deal of respect there for Gary and uh, Mrs. Besh is still here, of course. She's been here for 37 years, Kurt. I'm, I'm only 43, so. Yeah, I was gonna say that uh, Mike and Ann uh, over the years and you know my experiences through NSPS, um, they've been one of those, of course, Mike's passed on, but just mainstays in the whole educational realm but in surveying in general of course you know those though they're one of those couples you look up and look up to uh, you betcha they've done yeah no i i had Anne as an instructor when i was here and um just a great deal of respect and, and and it's awesome to be here in an office next door to gary and, and Anne right next door so a lot of a lot of great people here um just in general it's 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 pretty awesome to be here. Not to say it's not difficult. I'm not going to lie to you. It is uh, the, the the change to full time academia is is a little overwhelming, and and I'm still pursuing my master's program at Maine right now. So, on top of that, and setting up a new house, we're still trying to farm back in Michigan right now. It's it's a little uh, chaotic at our household. Well, if you but, if you have idle time, uh, it seems as though you've got a pretty wide range of uh, famous surveyors and explorers there that you can uh, just maybe track some of their work down or something. I'll, I'll tell you what, in my spare time, you, you're going to see some pretty cool articles probably in uh, American Surveyor from from some of the the surveyors of where we're at. So, so we, 
I'll, I'll say we settled in, and I'm not saying settled in a literal tense. We, uh, we, we relocated to Hudson, Ohio, and Hudson is northeast of Akron, about 20, 25 minutes. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I did not know all the history when we moved here. I would be lying to you if I, if I told you we moved there because of all this history. I, I remember Hudson being a very strong community, incredible schools. So that's that's the main reason we chose it. But uh, looking into some of the history, and you know, I read a lot at night. And uh, David Hudson himself settled there in 1799, and, and he was a surveyor. He was a settler. Uh, he he surveyed a lot of uh, the township that we're in. Obviously, Hudson became Hudson Township was named after David Hudson. But uh. That's just the tip of the iceberg, Kurt. There, there is so much history in Hudson. The uh, I, I always get it wrong, but the the Western Reserve College was was uh, founded in Hudson, going back to 1826. And on the site, it's it's now called the Western Reserve Academy. But uh, on on the site of the college, they they used to call it the Yale of the West, and on the site of the college still there today is the second oldest observatory in the united states and and some sources say it's the the oldest in the u.s but it was built in 1838 by elias uh, loomis and he was a astronomy professor from yale that came out to teach in hudson and the observatory is i'll, I'll send you pictures of this or we can post them somehow but it is absolutely just an amazing building the the telescope is still in there the the base of the telescope has a first order NGS uh, position on it. Um, just a just a phenomenal history. He studied the stars, determined the lat long of the the position, and uh, you know that's just a little a little fragment. And then to to carry on, I, I've been with with this whole Kansas tie. I always like trying to figure out some ties to myself to where I'm speaking at. So I've been doing research on Kansas and surveyors and the the 39th arc and and then I uh, I, I came across uh, John Brown and in, in in your area John Brown the the abolitionist at Harper's Ferry and and it's weird how everything's kind of circular for me because I was just in Harper's Ferry last July when I was speaking at Martinsburg and I went off and, and just had dinner in Harper's Ferry and kind of watched the the rivers and the train go by and I was at this little ra this restaurant called the Rabbit Hole. And it was just beautiful. It was 95 degrees out. It was miserably hot, but I, I was just overlooking where where the the raid took place at the armory from John Brown, and and I uh, I started doing this reading literally just the other night, and John Brown's name popped up. Well, guess where John Brown was from? Hudson, Ohio. <laughs> and and I'm like, what are the chances? So his father was Owen Brown, but but there's more. He, John John Brown actually was a surveyor also and he was kind of a spy for the anti-slavery movement in of all places kansas so he was trying to turn kansas to be anti-slavery and he acted well he was a government surveyor but he was uh immediately the the locals thought if he was a, a government surveyor that he was pro-slavery so they let him into the inner circles and then he was able to study their plans and then ultimately overthrow them. And, it, and it's just fascinating. But uh, I'll, I'll take this one crazy step further and you'll love this. Guess who one of John Brown's best friends was? Henry David Thoreau. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. They, they met in 1857 and they were uh, phenomenal friends. And, uh, you know, right, right before he led his assault on the, the armory, I don't remember the date, 1858 or 59, but, uh, but they were great friends. And, uh, and, and, and one last thing, and I'll, 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 I'll let you speak for a minute, but, uh, we, we get a, we get a peer mentor here for new faculty at the university. And my, my peer mentor that was assigned to me is a gentleman by the name of Patrick Chura and Patrick Chura wrote the book on Thoreau from, he's an English professor here at the university. So, so, uh, there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming. I'll, uh, I, I don't want to spill all the beans, but we're, we're going to have some pretty cool research here in the future. I think some neat articles and I, I continue to collaborate with Mark at American Surveyor. I, I just had a article come out on the Ohio, Michigan state line. That's obviously one of my favorites. Uh, and then, and then I have multiple more in that series with Samuel Stinson Gannett. So, um, that, that'll go on for a few more years to come. Uh, we, we have big plans with that to try to publish that as a book at some point, but I'm trying to take baby steps at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm a had, little overwhelmed, but. I had a chance to meet uh, Patrick a couple of three years ago when the dedication of a mark at Thoreau's grave was, mm-hmm. was held. And, and I, I, I was pleased to be able to participate in that. So I got a chance to meet with him and, had some conversation yeah. with him and a really interesting guy. And I, I don't know if you knew this when you were at Harper's Ferry, but in 2005, when um, the Lewis and Clark expedition was being honored, one of the marks that NGS set, the first one was at Monticello. And then they started setting them along the path. And one of them is right there at Harper's Ferry. I did not know that. Yeah, it's no. right. Um, it's kind of where the, the two rivers come together down on the, at the end of the pavement, so to speak, mm-hmm. you, if you cross over the bridge, you can go over the over the river. But sure. um, it's right there, not far from the old armory building. I was probably standing right on it. I, I stood there for a long there. time, just thinking about the history. And and yeah, I walked across the the bridge there because that's part of the Appalachian Trail. So anytime I can get a little segment of the AT in, I I try to take <laughs> advantage of that. So I I walked across and back, but. Yeah, f- phenomenal place to visit. So much history. Have you have you had the opportunity to meet Bob Akins? Yeah, he was just here the other day, actually. Yeah. I, the reason uh, I was going, I was mentioning Bob when you were talking about Ohio. Um, we're always talking about the public land system and the meets and bounds system, and these are our two things that we work from. And Bob always reminds me that there's like five or six different systems in Ohio alone. So you're, I guess you were sort of between the two. So there yeah. people were doing, trying to adapt one way or the other, but I always thought that was very interesting that there were so many different, uh, I don't know if techniques or strategies or whatever the case is sure. there sure. in Ohio. Yeah. Oh, Ohio is just a complete mess. It, it really is. <laughs> I, I tell everybody if, if, if you're able to get licensed in Ohio and understand all the different systems, and, and, and I always took a lot of pride growing up in Northwest Ohio and, and working for the county government there, because that's, that's ultimately when they perfected the public land survey system as they headed west all the way to the Pacific. So that was kind of the end result. I mean, they, they tweaked a few things here and there with closing corners and meander corners, but for the most part, that was the end product. So I always, I always took a lot of pride working in Northwest Ohio and, and doing that, but, um, 
it's neat to be here. It's, it's, I'm going to really dive into this history. It, it'll be pretty awesome, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of cool stuff going on. Yeah. It's always interesting to take on new projects and, uh, but there's also a lot to said, be said for, uh, coming home, so to speak. Um, yes, very much. <laughs> yeah. We, we've been going home a lot lately. I mean, it's a two and a half hour drive, but, uh, yeah, we still have a lot of farm ground back home. So we're, we're trying to assist with that and, uh, it's, yeah, there's a lot happening. We don't get bored. And then three young boys at home and then they're on a hybrid approach at school. So, so my poor wife is trying to help with that as well. Is that they're all th all three in school? Yeah. So right now we have a second grader, fifth grader and a seventh grader. Oh, wow. But, uh, but luckily my, my wife is a teacher, so she's doing her best and she is an <laughs> absolute saint and savior. She's, she's amazing. <laughs> She's been, she's been, I'll put a plug in for her. She's been 110% supportive of this position and transition from day one. I mean, she, she set aside her teaching career to, to advance mine and uh, it's, it's been uh, pretty noble of her, but yeah, we're, we're getting through. So I, I'm sure she'll step back into it in a while once the pandemic kind of goes away and she'll get back into education herself. So the, the program there, I think for the most part, people kind of always look up to the Akron program because it's been so successful and, and uh, been able to maintain itself well. And I'm assuming all that's still, still going well. Um, and I only bring that up because in some cases, it seems to be getting harder and harder to maintain the programs just from student population perspective or maybe the perspective of the people running the universities or whatever. But Akron's always seemed to be pretty stable. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, factual. Our our numbers are actually the highest they've ever ever been right now, especially coming through this pandemic. And and they they have not fluctuated at all. And Gary and I were just speaking this morning, and uh, we, there, there's there's so much to be thankful for here, Kurt. I mean, it's it's not just the university and the faculty here, but it's it's the being surrounded by the local chapter of PLSO, our advisor committee, the, the local surveyors in general that are so eager to support this, this university. And I mean, they, 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 they want our co-ops, they, they want our graduates and, and without any of that, it, it would definitely be a struggle, but I know our numbers are solid. We're, we're uh, definitely one of the the top in the nation. I I think uh, we're around 80 right now, oh, and big number. <laughs> there, there's 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 been some restructuring. You know, we were in the uh, a, a kind of a separate college, and after COVID hit, the university restructured. So the surveying and mapping is now underneath the College of Engineering, which which is uh, I I think it's a good thing. Um, we're gonna attract. You know, there's 400 civil engineering students in the College of Engineering, and they're all required to take basic survey. Uh, we will be able to um, basically show show the civils more of what we have to offer, and, and potentially uh, gather some more students there. But 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 in general, I just want to preface the uh, the support network we have around here is just absolutely phenomenal. And and if it if it wasn't for that, we would. I don't think we'd have the numbers that we do, but, but you know how hard Mike and Ann have worked and, and, and Gary is, he, he's here before me every day and here after me every day. Um, 
it's there's a very strong solid work ethic here and we we, we continue to change and adapt our outcomes for ABET and and improve them keep up on the technology which is tough but but just like I said about the unmanned aircraft systems we're, we're trying to bring in that new technology and 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 adapt it so when they come out of the university they're they're well versed with this technology and they not not only do they know how to use it but they understand its limitations which is critically important so is this, so yeah is this, no we're i was gonna say with you guys being sort of within the engineering department um is there a, a way for <clears throat> sort of a major minor kind of thing if say if somebody was majoring in civil or whatever they could also do a minor with you or is that even possible because of the workload no it, it would be we we're actually one of the few if not the only one that has an abet accredited associate degree in land surveying so so yeah they definitely could do that we offer the cst exam here on campus and then and then the the four-year bs in surveying and mapping but on top of that we also have the certificate program for the civil engineers so so they can take the required courses in the state of ohio to be able to come dual license and we're seeing a very um, strong attendance of that because it's it's a requirement for elected county engineers in ohio so uh which there's there's great demand for across the state so that has been well received in the civil department they're they're jumping on that and i just i i think it's great for our profession so they can come in and as engineers truly understand what we do as surveyors and and i think it's great but no i i think it's a i think it's a good thing for our program altogether the, the university is quiet though i'll be honest with you they're there, there's 19,000 students at the university right now, but but I've, I've I've heard a statistic. There's only a few thousand on campus right now. I mean, it is really quiet because most stuff is online. <laughs> but but uh, we still take our classes out, and we still do our labs out on the commons. People see us out. That's our best advertising. You know, the the other students on campus see us out. Um, yeah, uh, Akron in general, we're celebrating our 150th anniversary right now. So it was founded back in 1870. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's really cool to be here. And then it is, uh, you know, there's there's some negative publicity with all the changes going on. You know, there's been some layoffs, and none of that is is anything you ever want to hear. But uh, due due to due to COVID, it's sometimes unfortunately necessary. But um, I, I try to stay in my bubble here and, and everything is super solid here. We, we work hard. We, we push our students pretty hard. We, we want them to get into that workforce ready to hit the ground running. And, and we don't have a lot of typical four-year students that graduate high school and just come here. We have a lot of students that are kind of in that hybrid model. They're, they're working full-time, but yet their employer will give them some time to come here and finish up their education requirements. So um, a lot of untraditional students, but yeah, we have solid numbers. We're, we're pretty happy about that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to me that we're at a point now, here we are in mid-October and uh, ever how many months away we are from when the COVID thing really hit, like all of a sudden don't show up 
at work anymore. I mean, it was like almost a, it wasn't instantaneous, but it seemed like it happened really quickly. And so everybody had to start adapting to that. Yeah. And um, it's, it's weird to me in a way that we've almost come to accept it as the way of life. I mean, you know, we, a lot of the stuff we do, we're doing online now. We hold our meetings through go to meeting platform, sure. kind of like that we're doing here today. Um, and uh, work schedules are, are not staggered so much, but we really we have a small staff, but we pay close attention to the protocols you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, it, and even go, you know, going to the grocery store or whatever's going on in your life, it's almost as if it's become commonplace. And rather than, oh, that was horrible, we don't ever want to do that again. Right. And, and right. we don't. But um, it's just it's just gone so much longer than I think I ever anticipated. Sure, sure. No, it's it, it's very strange. And and my wife and I talk about this a lot. I mean, we 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 follow some some bands and and we we talk about can you imagine going back to a large concert venue where you're shoulder to shoulder, you know, pushing up on people and you know that that used to be the norm. It, it used to be fun, you know, going to these concerts and uh yeah, it's hard to imagine if if that will come back. But I when 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 I was approached by the university, I actually interviewed on March 10th. And on March 10th, I left the university at about 4 p.m. And on the radio, I remember driving back to Michigan, the University of well, Ohio State University, Kent State, and the University of Akron all shut down at five o'clock on March 10th. And and I, I didn't know what to do with myself because instantly there was a hiring freeze. Everything was upside down. And now I, I, I was in interviews with this position and, you know, and I, I had, we, we always call it a cushy County job, but yeah, I, I had, I, I could have easily been there for life if I wanted to, but you know, you, you can't live in fear, Kurt. And I, this, this has always been a dream of mine and we, we just pushed forward and, and we'll get through it. You know, I, I teach in a mask every day. We are sanitizing the stations every day. We spray stuff down, but we're going to get through it. There's no doubt. I mean, we wipe the equipment down, the doorknobs. It's it's challenging, but I, I have a lot of faith. I mean, this this will come and pass. And um, what, what amazes me is how resilient my children are. Yeah. You know, they, they don't think twice about it. They put that mask on in the morning. They're in it for the school bus ride all day. And there's sometimes they come home and their mask is still on. And I'm like, hey, guys, you you can take that off. But they're so used to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's it, we, we we try to reflect on it as a family. Sometimes we I'm a big journaler, of course, I, I write a lot, but I'm trying to instill that into my children right now. I, I try to get them to journal. And, and they hate it. I'll be honest with you. They cannot stand it. But they will thank me when they're an adult and they can look back and reflect on 2020 and be like, man, that was a wreck. But, but we got through it um, because they're at this age. They're not going to remember all that. But Right. I, I, I but, can relate to that because the one thing that I've had to help me through my life is an extremely good instant recall memory of almost everything. <laughs> And now that now that I'm into that septuagenarian decade, that isn't as strong as it used to be. Sure. So 
it, it may be still stronger than than normal, but it's not normal for me. And, I, and I'm always like, oh, my God, I'm am I losing it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but that but having that ability to do instant recall and then as you get older, it's just inevitable. So the point being what you're talking about with with uh, keeping track of things and 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 having that ability to look back. Uh, in a way, rather than just depending on memory, is is pretty important. Right, right, right. No, it is. And I, I uh, on, on a personal note, I mean, I I, I do I journal a lot. And, and I, uh, one of the gifts to my children as they get older, and and nobody would care about this other than my kids, and they'll probably toss it. But but I'll I'll do a memoir someday, and I and I I, I purposely write about where we lived. I even go down to what vehicles I owned when I was a kid, Be, because at some point, you know they're, they're going to be curious and they will thank me someday, but they'll mostly think I'm weird, but that's okay. <laughs> no, well, I think it's important. To... It's kind of like part of being a surveyor. You know, where one of the things we do is keep a record of everything we've ever done. <laughs> well, yeah, no, you, you have to write it down because, because, uh, well, just like, it, I mean, I spent 15 years at the County and, you know, at that time I thought I'd be there for my career, but I always made really good notes. I would make narratives. And it'll pay itself off now for the the gentleman that replaced me, and, and he'll he'll thank me at some point when when he starts reading over that, and I don't have to pull from memory about what I did because we we're just not going to remember all those details. So sure, yeah, that that goes back to day one when you start doing remonumentation on corners. I mean, you you write it all down and you record it because that that memory is going to fade. So yeah, super you super important. Talking about going into the uh, educational realm, have you had any exposure yet to the the group that that's known as Sages? Have not. Sur- no. Surveying Engineering, uh, Surveying and Geomatics Education Society. Um, they're a really good group. They're pretty strong, and and we do some things with them. As a matter of fact, we're talking with them right now about uh, updating our uh, definitions book. Mm-hmm. Our uh, definition of surveying terms. I think the last time we upgraded it was like 2005, yeah. and and it's time to redo it. And so we've begun conversation with that group um, to to help us with that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so, a good idea. But it's uh, I've had an opportunity to to meet with them and talk with. The, and of course, I know a lot of them just from general uh, correspondence and what have you. But um, they they seem to be a pretty strong group. And mm-hmm. um, and it's good because uh, still surveying education is a relatively small entity within uh, academia. So it's right. it's good for them to be able to have that connection with each other. Sure, sure. Well, and it, it, it all comes down to education. And this this is a little off topic, but we 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 still need to get into the schools and and get into these younger generations to expose what surveyors do in general and and you know that that's not just on a selfish matter here for akron but that's across the country i mean the need is the need for surveyors is so massive i mean we have employers just begging us for for students and and it's just massive but but i've always been a huge proponent of trig star i've I've done it for the last eight years in michigan and i'll i'll probably incorporate it into the the hudson school district once they release some of their covid policies but uh yeah it 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 starts early on we we need to continue that to get into those schools and 
stimulate. I, I can't, I can't ever make this comment old, but I, I went in and did Trigstar one time and I, I said, does anybody know what a surveyor does? And I had a young lady raise her hand and she says, yeah, you're that guy at the mall taking, taking a survey. Right. Yeah. And I, I probably just rolled my eyes and sighed, but, but that's the reason why we're there. That's why we're doing it. We, we need to educate them. And, and the second one is, yeah, you're, you're the guy in the intersection taking pictures. Yeah. Well, if that doesn't drive me crazy, cause then you sound like a, a creepy old man <laughs> in the intersection taking pictures, but uh, it, it comes down to education, Kurt. And if we can educate the the youth about what we do and, and then uh, get them involved. And, and even if they don't become surveyors, at least they would have a respect about what we do and understand. Yeah. And actually that brings up a really good point because um, I don't know how to identify myself and call my generation, but, but people in my age group uh, historically haven't, taken on that role nearly as well as what we're seeing in, in the younger groups now. And the young surveyors group, uh, our young surveyors networks, what it's called, um, began through FIG, the international group, but now there's a, a really solid group in NSPS. And it's so wonderful to have all those young minds and ideas and concepts um, and, and the willingness to do that outreach that you're talking about. That's that's sure. the savior for the profession, from my perspective. And no, you betcha. So I'm, I'm really pleased with with all of those things that I think is going to help us reach more people um, through Trigstar or CST or just just outreach in general through um, dedication of the of the young professionals. So that I'm really encouraged by all that. Uh, I mm -hmm. think it'll it'll serve us maybe even better than, than my generation, because a lot of folks in, in, in my group, that just wasn't something you did. You know, it was, you just go do your work and that's all you do. So it's really encouraging to see the younger group because without it, I think we might be in trouble as a profession if, if we didn't have it. I don't, I don't disagree with you. I mean, and, and, you know, this is all stuff that us surveyors know, but so many of us are starting to work solo. Uh, with robotics and GPS that, that we're not having that peer mentorship that, that I had growing up. I mean, I, I was fortunate to be taken under the wing of Dave Andrus back in Toledo. That was, that was Jim's son who just passed away, but he, uh, he treated me like his own child and, and he, and he raised me to be a, a surveyor. And, and that unfortunately with the, the robotics and the GPS and the solo operations right now, some of that's not happening and, and it really should. I mean, it, right. and, and just, just from a safety perspective, to be honest, I mean, I, I know a, a good friend of mine back in Michigan, he was solo surveying in February and he fell through the ice in a pond and broke his ankle and he had to crawl a half mile to get back to his truck. And he, he's lucky to be alive. He yeah. really is. And um, so, so yeah, just from a pure safety factor, but, but let alone the, the camaraderie, and, and just uh, teaching and, and having that peer mentorship. We, we have a great success rate here at Akron with local surveyors taking on students as mentors and co-ops. And I, I said it already, but man, we're so thankful for them because if it wasn't for that, it would not be the program it is. And that, that's what gets these guys through. But 
Yeah, that's that's uh, something we all need to strive for. I know Michigan was sad to see me leave. I sat on the remonumentation peer group, and I don't know if they're going to have enough to even have a, a quorum. Um, there there were so few surveyors there. It was it was tough. I mean, we we would have a hard time meeting that quorum requirements for the county. But uh, you know, gotta gotta move on, I guess. Yeah. Well. Well, I, I wish you the best of luck there. I, I know you'll do well and uh, we'll enjoy being able to uh, probably see you maybe during some of our student competition efforts um, as we do that every spring. And that's always fun. So hopefully oh, you can be part of that as well in the future. Yeah, I'll be around. We, we, we got a lot to talk about in the future. You know, I'll, I'll continue the series on Gannett with with the American Surveyor, and you'll see some neat history topics coming up on Hudson, Ohio. How about that? And, Sounds good. Uh, and in the 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 zips will be strong here at the University of Akron, so we'll keep it going. Thanks. I appreciate you joining me today. Take care. Nice talking with you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says Podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.